Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You didn't even try, Jen. I 100% was there <laughs> earlier than everyone else. I was there. I was there waiting for you. Like 20 minutes. 20 minutes. How are we? Um, pants. Not yes. wearing any pants. All doing well. <laughs> excited to bring you my creep. Very, very excited by something you're going to cover on um, your Meg podcast, Cass. Oh. After brunch. Before brunch. Before I brunch. Mix it up with the after brunch. I'm like, what fucking time is it? It's not clear. Um, it's the interview, the creeps of the week. I'm sorry again, so if you're gonna oh, have to yeah. listen to this, it's the fucking royal family. No, I don't like the royal family at all, don't engage with them, but I am dying for this interview, interview. that's on at half nine but tonight. Unpleasant. Yeah, but come here to me. I got the CBS link and a bit of a VPN unblocker, and I'm going to watch it at a sensible seven thirty, so that I can be in bed by half nine. Ideal. Now, I love I... that everyone was most outraged by the time that RTE chose to put something on half nine. Is it RTE? Unacceptable. Absolutely not. Like, why uh, is that considered? Like, I know why I think it's too late because I have to go to bed because I'm a sad bitch. We're all oh, no, sad everyone's bitches. in the same boat. We no, all really, all everyone's like, everyone in this Ireland is, too is late. now sad little fucking life, Jane. What a sad <laughs> little life. That's all of us. Jane is us. Oh, us is Jane. Jane. 
Uh, so yeah, so that. Good. Well, listen, Cass. What what the only downside of this whole thing is the fact that I feel like we know already the kind of three things that's you know that we're going to be talking about in this interview. But this is what we said and before brunch last Sunday, available wherever you get your podcast, <laughs> is that. There is no more scandal that the royal and family need to endure. Like there is a literal paedophile amongst them. We know that they're racist and discriminatory. We know that they tapped Diana's phone years ago. Like what? How much worse can they be? I feel like the royal family is our church. Except I feel like maybe our church is worse. Well, I totally see your point, Cass, because I have no interest in the royals myself. Uh, how whenever I was thinking since the last time Jennifer O-D-W-Y-E-R tried to discuss this with me against my will just an hour ago um, I was thinking some more about it and I was like do you know what though what this hopefully will potentially be revealing is the toxicity of the Royals 2.0 the next gen and how occasions um, and fucking Baldy Charles Jr what's his name? Philip no 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 William uh, the guy, William, William yeah. Uh, how Kate and William are just, you know, fucking also falling in line yeah. and allowing the racism and the discrimination and the murdering and the paedophilia to just carry yeah. on because I it think suits it's, them. So maybe I think it's, it's the time now that we are going to have the revelations yeah. about. And it, it, in some ways, it's interesting that misogyny and racism will be the thing that brings down the royals when it wasn't murder and paedophilia. But look... We'll it, take our wins where we can. Yeah. Well, will it? Do you think it will? Will it take Well, there's down? been already. There's, there's dismantle the royals has been trending. I mean, I don't know. Oh my like, god! Very... We could storm the fucking castle that the queen lives in. Storm it. It's out of the five k, Jen. It's out of the five k, but if Buckingham. it was in the five k, like we'd have I to be appealing to all the people who live in Chelsea and London to go and do it on our behalves, and I just don't think they're gonna. They're not yeah, but the people in the... Chelsea probably wouldn't bother either because they're like, we're all so rich, conservative bastards know, and it kind of works for us. <laughs> like they're just... all fucking cousins of the royals just living yeah. on the other side of the gates. Um, yeah, no, it's... Uh... It's not great, lads. It's not great. It's not is that the for the royals, their kind of remit has never, ever changed because, you know, they were a colonizing um, country uh, you know, racism was just their their oxygen. They're kind of like, you know, the way like Laura Whitmore has that kind of mantra that she lives by. No one can change your life except for no you. No one can change life except for you. Available in all good bookshops right now. Um, similar to Whitmore, the royals had their own mantra, which was just um, fuck all of you, brown, black, People of colour, we're just going to take your land. We're going to take it more. And just absolutely decimate your culture. Mm-hmm. And like, where are the gay royals? It's such a camp institution. Where are the homos? Thank Good you, Dad. question. I just was delivered a piece of cheese. I'll tell you where they are. In the fucking dungeon. In the homo dungeon. That's where they keep them. They're just your down there. Highness. Yeah. Homo. Homo erectus down in the dirt. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Let's just watch the fallout. Who knows? Poor old Megan. Um, you met Megan, as you said on your podcast. I was like, how do how do we not know that that happened? How close did you touch her? Um, I did. I assaulted her. What did her skin feel like? <laughs> Glorious. Lovely and soft. And did she say I did anything not touch to her. you? 
we just we just you know chatted like it was years ago she was just a lovely woman it was before she had met harry she was just Meghan markle from suits back then and what was her vibe did she really really nice huh normal nice person you know? I mean, yeah, like I'm at a youth conference where we're talking about social injustices. So we're, you know, it's she was giving a talk about feminism and phil- philanthropy and the work that had to be done and equality and all that kind of stuff. And there was a lot of impressive people there and we covered a lot of things. We had that um, girl who had escaped North Korea. Oh, that's so right. Just, I remember that year. It was really, yeah. Uh, um, it's kind of funny. I was going to say, you know, funny that like, but she obviously, I mean, not took Harry in hand, but like to borrow the parlance of, say, my grandmother. She'd be like, she really took him in hand now. But remember, Harry really was kind of like hilariously verging on the most kind of, well, viewed as the most problematic royal at a certain point in his life. Nazi um, uniform. The Nazi uniform. The that. um Just being a bit, bit of a mad out of it. And... Mm. Uh, and now look at him, like he's actually uh, a voice of sense and and has actually struck out where no one before him has ever had the guts to yeah. and fucking leave. It's yeah, exactly. unbelievable. Plus, he was always the hot one as well. And usually with these kind of scenarios, the hot one is going to become be invariably a bit more morally disappointing. <laughs> you know, that's usually the trade off. That's true. And the kind yeah. of less attractive. You don't is need the person you'll have. when you're beautiful. And well, exactly. So it's actually very big of him. Yeah. To, to be c- turn it all to be around. Moral. Yeah. Anyway, we shall wait and see. No doubt we'll have an update on Thursday for our patrons on the live where we shall discuss yeah. the on Royals mass. briefly again. Yeah. Briefly. It's obvious now, actually, what's happened is that Harry received an advanced copy of. Laura Whitmer's seminal work No one can change <laughs> your really- life except for you And he said Fucking hell She's right doing No this one all can long. change your life except for you Harry You And he peeled off his tiny Hitler moustache And he strode right out of Whatever Hedonistic debauched English public school party he was at Fucking a pig's head no doubt mm-hmm. And um Straight your turn, Harry. Fantastically intelligent, enlightened woman. Shall we defame any more people before we get into the main chat? (laughs) Any more powerful people that we'd like to accuse of pig fuckery and... Excuse me. We've all fucked a pig. Let's not beat around the bush. Um, Today is the day I'm bringing to you Magic (gasps) Magic the Gathering. Yes. Magic the Gathering. That's my story today. That's what I have for you. And by God, I had no idea about these. Things. This is amazing because we're getting two biggies out of you guys, aren't we? Because yeah, what do you have? We've been us? waiting no, on magic. I told. Wait, hold on. What are you waiting on for me? I know there's something that I teased. Yeah, but <laughs> something I, massive. But I, but I, I think I've re- something mad. No, no, you gave there it was... to us. You gave us your big one on the on the hive. Lesbian in I space gave... strike. Strike two. I have a little one today that's really interesting. Excellent. Um, 
I do have a longer one in the background about the housemates. I'm losing track. There's so much. The housemates. I know. We keep teasing, forgetting, finding finding something better. Finding something then... new that's relevant and then having to do the little shorties and then doing the drunk ones on a Thursday. It's just, it's all up here. <laughs> They're all getting confused. I need to unconfuse my creeps. There's a lot of creep crossover and it's resulting in... It's resulting in chaos. Creep soup. Yeah. Uh, so, have you got it in for us today? I sure do. I have something whimsical. Lovely. Um, it's uh, you know, I could I could bring us in, I suppose. Yes, if, please. If need be. Bit of whimsy. Bit of whimsy. Bit of a whimsy kind of a canopy. Um, a canap. Uh, let me see. Okay. So. Um. This was born from a Google search, as some of my faves are. Never forget the um, hand man, hand sewn to self man. Um, so I was interested in um, what uh, uh, what children had killed. So I was like, oh. child kills, um, got down quite a dark path of grandma. Oh, child kills grandma. Um, I reversed out. Mm. Said, Let's leave grandma this time. So let her be. She's had enough. Let her R.I.P. The COVID has killed enough of them. Yeah. Yeah. That kid got, basically, he was overstimulated by uh, playing a shoot em video game. Oh. And as reports said, he just grabbed his gun. Eight years old. American. Grabbed his, his... gun. Shot his grandmother in the head. His um, gun? Well, grabbed a gun. I a mean, gun. it was somewhere within reach. <laughs> so anyway, then um, I was like, interesting, but no. Got around to five things more likely to kill you than a shark. So nice. this is fun. Uh, can, do you want to guess a few? Five things more likely. Um, loads of stuff. What oh, about? Yeah, loads of things. A moose. Okay, but a these moose. are like, I suppose, things yeah, that... Yeah, one Canadian a year dies from being run down by a moose. Thinking yeah, a, I mean, should I was that bloody... Edible. Those moose. mooses are vicious, vicious. In rutting season, absolute aggressive. And the size of a double-decker book. You wouldn't believe the size of a moose. <laughs> is it desperate? It's unbelievable <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> unbelievable. Um, no, no. These are things, though, that you would imagine were incredibly far-fetched, but they're actually um, more common than shark deaths. Okay, what Are they inanimate or animate? Um, uh, one is animate, animate snake bites. Okay. So snake I would have bites. said, yeah, easily more likely to be killed by a snake bite. Okay. Uh, apparently 20,000 murders, snake bite murders a year. Um, That's okay, a hard that. What about Can you prove motive? Um, <laughs> I mean, is it no? I think premeditation more important than the motive. I remember watching a great documentary. That's murder one, was, you know. I think it was by Vice, and it was this guy who's Imagine professional was a snake, though. <laughs> this guy was literally doing that, Sophie. What he was to call himself a snake milker, and he was milking the venom from snakes in what looked like. A sort of old milk bottle, glass milk bottle with a Johnny over the top. And he would grasp the snake behind the ear, well, head. And, um, you know, annoy it until it opened its mouth, flicked out its fangs and And submerged them into the Johnny. Uh, And would milk it then into the glass bottle. And from this, they would 
um, anti-venoms would be would be made. And he just spent his life milking snakes. I'm now watching snake milking on YouTube, clearly. And it's um, exactly as you described, this little shot glass. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's Um, satisfying. It looks satisfying. Anyway, okay. So um, here we go. What about hit by lightning? Thousand deaths a year. Um, So more more likely to be hit by lightning than attacked by a shark. Hmm. And this is a fave. More likely to drown in the bathtub than be killed by a shark. Not me. Um, this like it's impossible. So good. Are you ready? Okay. You are more likely to be killed by being left-handed than by a shark. Just by so, an irritated right-handed person. Just like, right <laughs> properly. Right Somebody properly. sharing the desk with you. Do you remember in school? If you were yes. sitting beside the left-handed person. It was a nightmare. And you know the way they're always like... As we kind of piss off all the lefties now, but like, do you know the way they're always like writing some well, weird way yeah. where they're like well, half upside write, down like, upside on the down. desk? Yeah, yeah. My dad was a lefty. I, I feel like there's some going of my be closest friends. amount of left-handed people <laughs> I know. who listen to the surprise. Not I know one I can of us are. Feel them. Come on them. over here, you fucking weirdos. <laughs> but you know Cassie. what this is? Cassie. This is nearly two and a half thousand left-handers a year die from using right-hander products yeah like a fridge like what because you open a fridge aggressively and it would knock you out if you did it in your left hand it would hit you straight in the face i bet you that's happened more than once to result in death the like i'm just i just i the only left hand product i can think of is left-handed scissors and i'm just laughing at the picturing the just Limb confusion. Cutting yourself in the arm. Just an accidental throat slit. If you had the money. Just trying to cut open a milk carton and straight to the jugular. You could really, you could spin your whole house around. Your front door would have to open separately. Everything would be different (laughs) if if the world was built by left-handed people. If I was a left-handed person, you better bet your bottom dollar I would put my front door on backwards. Where would your toilet flush be, Jen? That's what I need to know. Well, mine are central. <laughs> You're living in the future. I am. Oh my maybe god! The are whole you world, in maybe true equality is just a centered world. <laughs> Jen's front why don't, rotates why don't just on a central axis. Every you aspect of house is ambidextrous. I just try to keep it equal. But she'd probably it's want like a to rotate layer. the other way round. Well, that's it as well. You, your instinct would be to walk one way. So that would really, now that would confuse elderly and small children, which I would like um, to keep out anyway. So that works. And that um, little boy could never have killed his grandma in that house. Ideal. That, well, that's interesting that you say that little boy, because surely a gun, is a gun ambidextrous? Yes. Oh, God, no. Well, it yes, the safety latch is probably on the other side. Oh, I'd say that's resulted in a few deaths. Anyway, what was the... How many people okay, died of shark attack? Is, okay, the last one that you're more likely to be killed by than a shark is a vending machine. Oh. So coming right down is, on this you. This is quite a famous statistic. Have you ever heard of this? No. No. That more people are killed by vending machines every year than sharks. Um, this is smushing, presumably. Now... Yeah, like, so I was reading into it and like there was one writer who was trying to, I suppose, take a very broad view of what killed by a vending machine means. So like 
that this writer was like saying, for example, that like if um, consumers who had just purchased an item from a vending machine and then proceeded to choke or have an allergic oh, come reaction, on. that that, that was potentially count. being killed by, I know, I was like, fucking, you're reach, reach. reach, you're reaching. Um, but it's actually, like if, if someone purchased ketamine in a vending machine, then it's the vending machine's fault. <laughs> yes, completely killed, killed by a vending machine. Um, so anyway, then there was um, a uh, a report released in the mid-90s, right, um, by the US Consumer Product Safety Commission um, that um, stated that they had that there was around 2.18 deaths per year involving a vending machine um, enjoying that 0.18 massively 2.18 um, I presume in- that was just like a partial maybe somebody lost an arm or something did uh, you ever that see year. the kid there's a very good video I think I know the guy I know the kid via a friend I don't know the kid you know what I'm saying through something whatever kid get a friend of a friend friend of a friend kid their kid one of their kids gets inside one of those arm um yes I've seen that toy. yes amazing they couldn't get the fucking kid out amazing yeah Every so they left him there for a long weekend dream do you and remember though happy. like just absolutely trying to dislocate your body trying to get your arm up inside that fucking thing anything do you remember like trying to put our arms time I inside saw one, of anything i was like yeah. this is the I'm one this in. is the one i'm going to be able to get inside yeah. and so anyway they dug they dug deeper into these statistics right and um there was a study in the 80s and so the author of the study dr michael q cuzio which is just like a glamorous name for a doctor i love it and um, basically said that it's mainly men who have fallen under the sway of drink vending machines. 15 male patients aged between 15 and 24 sustained injuries after rocking soda machines. The machines fell onto the victims, resulting in a variety of injuries. Three were killed. The remaining 12 required hospitalization for their injuries. So I have a, um, I have a theory here, right? The three that were killed, picture this. You're not going to attack a vending machine if there's any witnesses. It's going to be an, kind of a, a vending machine located at the furthest end of a college or a quiet kind of an area. So you go to town on that shit out of the mm. way of help. So it, it'd be like, uh, what's your man who chewed off his own arm under the rock? 127 hours. 127 yeah. days. Yeah. James Franco. That's it. That's hours. A, James Franco has been killed by a vending machine. <laughs> <Same> <laughs> So anyway, this guy, he was doing a study all on deaths and injuries that had occurred like in one military base. Okay. What? Um, sorry, in military bases. bases. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, that's, that's You think me. they just get rid of the vending machine <laughs> We're just going to have one singular military I'm base. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, like, I, imagine having a staff meeting like, we've had to replace this vending machine 50 <laughs> times over the last two death. years. Uh, sorry, I've just absolutely just nodded my own story there. <laughs> Fucking idiot. So sorry, the incidents all happened at American military bases. Uh, okay. And um, so... He poured through medical reports of all these instances and newspaper accounts and he personally interviewed uh, as many of the survivors as he possibly could, some of the family members, um, some of the medical professionals who had had to deal with the, um, the human wreckage 
from um, after the machine attacks. And um, so anyway, he said all the injured and dead were male. And um, no shade to men, but also 100% male. Predictable. Mm. Uh, so their injuries varied from fractured skull, oh, partial dear. toe amputation. Weird. Evolved nerve, punctured bladder, Ooh. many leg bone and ligament injuries, and of course the three deaths. And um, so it was um, basically apparently common knowledge in one of the bases that the machine would f- dispense free drinks if rocked vis- vigorously. A man subsequently died. Um, I'd say there, there has to have been lovemaking attempted here. I mean, there's no <laughs> way someone wasn't going to fuck that thing and it killed. Like into the little change slot. Yeah, maybe. It. Or the like, rubber the rubber vent. You know, when some of them come out do you know the and way they some come down into a hole. closed really heavily though. Yeah, maybe there was a kink attached there. So. Mm. Uh, there was one victim who was found by his own wife. So caught in the act. Adultery with vending machine. (laughs) Apparently it took four men to lift the machine off him. And another, this sounds like, this sounds like murder one premeditated on the part of the vending machine. This victim was found pinned to a wall with the vending machine resting on his neck. Oh God. Oh, that would be, imagine coming across, you'd be like, Steve. Steve, oh fuck, Steve, <laughs> oh, Steve, fuck. Steve, can you hear Very me? Very final destination, isn't it? <laughs> isn't Very. it? Isn't it? And the third uh, dead victim um, died when this is so bad. Like I, I just don't know how you'd come back from this, but basically, well, the victim's can't. friend could no longer hold up the machine. And the victim was crushed. Oh my god! So it's oh, very sorry. like those two. Like to bring it back to adventure sports, very like those two lads who were climbing um, in Chile, and your man cut the rope on his friend. Oh yes, and also touching the like void Titanic, by Joe Simpson. Um, rose on the door and everything. Rose on the door. Um, that's hard. Yeah. That must so be basically, hard. That's. Do you think I mean, they had do, a do you know what's going to be so, so hard? Do you think the friend was like, "You can go." I can see this is heavy. No, I think he was like, look over there a second. <laughs> I God. feel like um, what's the worst element is that that, that survivor, the, um, I suppose, well, let's call him clammy hands because I presume there was slippage. I think it was very hard to hold on to that hand. Anyway, I'd say clammy hands now has gone about the rest of his life trying to avoid having to tell this story. But... There's always some moment in every social occasion where somebody is like, Clammy hands, Clammy hands, Clammy, Clammy, tell them about your friend. Remember your friend? Tell them about your friend in the vending machine. Every wedding he's ever been to stand to relive. Yeah. I could feel my grip slipping. The Diet Cook was rolling away. He was staring into my eyes. It was all Imagine for as he dropped it if all the drinks had come out. <laughs> Crushing. So refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> like every, um, every cloud. So anyway, um, that's just Open the work bar. of one Dr. Cosio, who was a man on a mission. And a he collected He is a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this was like his kind of pet project, I think, uh, compiling the soda pop vending machine injuries 
He then went on to publish a um, peer-reviewed paper called Soda Pop Vending Machine Injuries, an Update. Um, And he added an additional 64 cases of injury and 15 more deaths by vending machine. You know what hasn't happened yet, but it's on the verge. Death by Tesco self-checkout machine. (laughs) That's just a frustration. That would just be Harry Carey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A ceremonial breaking your face into the screen. (laughs) There's nothing in the checkout area. You know, you know yourself. We've all been there. Yeah. Well, Uh, that was just a final word on the vending machines, given that it is um, Day of the International Woman. Oh, yes. Um, In all. Of Casio's exhaustive research and reportage, there has only ever been one woman stupid enough to fuck with a vending machine. In all of it, what happened every to her? Every single other death and injury was a man. <sighs> only one woman. That doesn't surprise me one bit. We're no, busy. Doesn't surprise me either. Go on, the women. We have to get you know on what? with the day. Sometimes we just see that there is there is a price too great to pay for a free candy pop mm-hmm. your life life your life's worth more society doesn't value you more but we do that was there sensational i'll never unknow that now and it'll be let's fingers crossed it comes up on a pub quiz near me and you thank you mm. Uh, excellent, excellent uh, facts. But like sharks, ha, never mind. How many people do sharks kill a year, or just generally? I think it's like four. Hang on, four. Okay, pop back into the tab. Prefer I think it gets to... to December, and they're like, we haven't reached our quota yet. <laughs> um, roll out the so... monster. But uh, I would prefer to be eaten by shark, obviously, because there's an and element of by humiliation. A with the vending machine. Yeah, like in 1995, um, uh, vending machines on a roll, two deaths. Sharks, by comparison, quite a uh, slow year, zero deaths by sharks. Hmm. So Aww. apparently in the US, the average death, shark-related deaths is less than 1% per year. So it's 0.6. Hmm. And I like it because they're like, they're classified as unprovoked and provoked. Um, so basically, like, um, provoked attacks are just like, you know, all humans just being ourselves. Yeah. Annoying so thing. It, I, think, I like that they kind of delineate between the that two. That is a good point. So as the sharks aren't kind of bearing the brunt of the blame, especially when I think this is actually a shark. It's, it's literally someone... trying to gain access to this room that I'm in right now. A baby shark. Da, 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 da. So, uh, thank it's, you. So, are you ready to knocking. hear? Will I tell you about? Do you want it? Do you want Magic yeah. the Gathering? Do you want to know really what everything do. I know about it now? It's yes, fucking huge. I'd never heard of it myself until a few weeks ago. When uh, now I know a few things about it. Did you? Have you heard of it? Do you know what even I'm never. talking about? I haven't heard about it until you mentioned it, and then people were tweeting the creep dive saying that you left him hanging so I feel yeah. like it's a big deal Magic the Gathering is a colossally huge card game that up to 32 million 
people in the world play. Just what? conceive Never of that. It. What? Exactly, right? Exactly, so It's like that's an online card game, would... yeah? It was heard a... of. Okay, imagine it is originally a physical game of cards, right? Collectible cards created by this guy, Richard Garfield, the super mathematician, genius kind of guy. And it uh, started in 1993 by a company called Wizards of the Coast. Now they belong to Hasbro, but back then, Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> uh, so it was the first card trading game. Um, the first kind of major one. And uh, over 20 billion magic cards have been produced world within like the year 2008 to 2016. Okay, it's fucking billion. huge. Individual and what cards. Is this like the the cards look like? They call Sorry, them... Cass. I'd say this is the kind of thing that would have inspired like Pokemon cards and things, is it? Is totally. it that type, totally. type of game? It came off the back of Dungeons and Dragons, basically. And uh, it is... Here's the premise, okay? You mm-hmm. need about 60 cards to play. Each card represents a different uh, magical creature or thing, Okay. You are the role of the planeswalker doing battle with other players, other planeswalkers, by casting spells and using summoning creatures um, that are depicted on the cards, right? Drawn from okay, the so This is very D&G. Very mm-hmm. D&G. But things... Uh, so you need about 60 cards for getting... You need a few players per game. Dolce Gabbana is what I meant by that, obviously. 100%. But yeah. shit can get very intense. We're all thinking the same thing. Dolce and Gabbana, for sure. And things can get very exciting during this time. So the whole kind of idea is, you might see those, uh, sometimes you'll see people sitting around tables on uh, comic stores and, you know, you'll think to yourself, what's going on there? There's one in Dunleary. It used to be open when everything was open. And I used to cycle by and go, what the hell is going on in there? Bet you they were playing magic, as they call it, or magic to gather. Anyway. Two or more players, and they—it's uh, you. Basically, there's kind of skill and a very good amount of luck. So that means it's kind of open to a lot of different players playing it. But things can get vicious, and uh, what kind of has happened has the original sets of cards you buy a big set have become extremely valuable as time went on. So there's billions of cards now been printed. But the original vintage cards by this original guy, Richard Garfield, are in extremely high goddamn demand. You want to hear some values on these little bitches? Yes. Number one. Are they the size of playing cards? Yeah. And uh, they originally, there was kind of a... So imagine, like, there's all different things drawn on them. There's an illustration. Originally in the pack, there was a lot of sort of satanic uh, things like... What do you call that star thing? Pentagrams and kind of Mm. Satan-esque stuff. But then, of course, the church decided that's that's no more of that. So they had to kind of retro wipe out the Satan mentions. But some of those cards still remain. They're very, very, very expensive. They can be up to like a hundred grand, some of them. Anyway, there's one called the Black Lotus. They call them cardboard crack. They're literally just cardboard cards, collectibles, but very extreme. There's one guy who owns the world's biggest collection of uh, like typoed or I can't remember how he said it. It was like cards that had a bit of, you know, 
weird bleeding on the print or something yeah, slightly something different hugely valuable people Takes collectors go mad for that shit yeah anything out of the ordinary right so he carries everything around in this kind of locked up briefcase which is silly because it looks like he's carrying around something valuable you should take it in a <laughs> plastic bag nobody would suspect a thing but uh the reason these guys know each other is because they come together in these huge um like what do you call them like huge Rooms? big Gardens. events <laughs> events and they play together and they do tournaments and huge top prizes and like they have their own you know techniques of playing and you know the top guys want to play each other it's a whole fucking scene right it's a big ass scene we're talking 98% men um so probably Love a it. lot of heated aggression there as well which makes sense in the story I'm about to tell you now oh excellent right the year I don't know the year it was around 2012 a body was found okay and not just anybody this was the body of a gentleman, a journalist, but also a very well-known player of magic. His name was Sean Douglas. His body was found encased in concrete and then buried in Georgia, right? Suspicions right? quickly fell on a pair of two twin players that he had often played with in his local Twins comic are store. Yeah. No matter what. They're always so everyone up was to like, something. These guys. I Christopher... saw three sets of twins today. <gasps> Cassie! Three it's different the worst sets of twins. We were, oh my God. We were remarking on how strange it was. You're a god. I don't know. I feel like you either need to go and like do the lottery or, or just drink some bleach. I think well, it's over. Well here, actually, little segue. So the other, the other day, I was at a baby shower virtual baby shower like three weeks ago and the baby was born last what week a painful congratulations event. Sarah Marr lovely little baby Molly Sarah mm. Cunningham and um, I guess the exact weight and date of the baby's arrival right did. and then yeah I did I was so proud of myself and then I went into the shop on Saturday and I was doing the grocery shopping and as I was getting up to the till I went to myself it's going to be 54 euro and it was 54 euro and 60 cent and then I was like fuck me I'm clearly a psychic I haven't won the lotto because I only ever get lotto quick picks I obviously need, need to go to and choose. select my numbers statistically so speaking they're over. the ones that win more so I sauntered over full of confidence picked out my lotto numbers on Saturday, drew them all out, picked them all out, played three lines with plus and won fucking nothing. Nothing. Not even a fucking cent. Sense Not even the cost of the ticket. As if, yeah. if had you won, you would t now be sitting here with us telling us the story of how you won. I, if I won the lotto, I would still do the creep daily. Oh, oh that's nice. Yeah. Back to the body. I'd give you guys, I'd give you guys <laughs> loads of money and we'd just creep into our graves that actually would be kind of nice okay Wouldn't return it? to the two creepy twins and Sean Douglas really nice guy journalist big bushy beard long hair really good at playing Magic the Gathering in fact so good he had amassed a collection of cards to over $150,000 and stupidly well maybe not stupidly but everybody knew it Everybody knew the value of these cards, including these two demonic twins, Christopher and William Cormier. They planned and executed an execution of this kind gentleman, all to 
to get his fucking cards. No. You know? And it's only 150,000. You would think, but I th- I'd say now he there was a bit of rivalry in the run up. Maybe it was. Did they want them to play with or did they want spite. them to sell them on? Uh, they sold them on. So basically, body was found. Creepy twins main target. Police were like, it's obvious it's you two. And the twins were like, okay. And uh, so they were charged with uh, the murder of Sean. So anyway, they, according to the arrest report, the 31-year-old identical twins, twins were house guests of our poor dead body, Sean, right? On August 27th, when William struck Sean on the face, stole his card collection. The brothers, right, took the body up to their dad's place, 50 miles north of where they were, um, wrapped it inside some Walmart tarp, dug a big hole, fucked the body in, poured a load of concrete on top. So um, officials unearthed the body on October 8th and immediately arrested the twins on charges of concealing a death. About a week later, Christopher told police that, of course, his brother killed him, killed Sean, right? So the twins turn on each other. But that's not what the evidence looked like. So between the time of them killing Sean and bear, and then getting arrested, they just went around selling the cards to everyone. And it was such a small community. Everybody knew who these fucking cards originally belonged to as well. So there was absolutely no way they were going to get away with this. Uh, they obviously just wanted to big ball the situation. They were like, you thought Sean was cool. Have you seen us and our fucking <laughs> cards? Well, anyway, so that's the fucking horrendous story. And poor Sean and the two. So they were they were one of them was sentenced to the one doing the actual face whacking. And, uh, you know, the other one was sentenced to an accessory to murder. So you just have to be very careful. Here's a quote from some parents at a tournament. They say the game has sharpened their kids' mental skills, kept them away from drugs and gangs, helped shy children make friends, and like other sports, yeah, taught them how to win and lose gracefully. But you know, not according, not not our poor Sean. So listen, this is kind of this is kind of murderous carry on that happens at these tournaments. You just think it's innocent games and fun, but you know, it never really is. Sometimes it's murder and death. Misery and thievery. <laughs> so anyway, the the lesson of the story here is: play your fucking games. Try not to kill anyone. Avoid twins. End of story. End of don't story. Don't trust the nerds. And like, yeah. don't trust your twin either. Yeah, Never that's trust your pretty twin. bad. That the they twin was like a couple of dickheads. Yeah, but if I we mean, learned anything from this podcast is that you should eat your twin in the womb. <laughs> 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 oh, that's that's crazy. It's so mad how like there's just you could never know all the like mad different stuff that's like that people are into out there. Do you know the way? Well, I think it's brilliant, it's just, isn't it? It's just like if you just need a break from your own life, you're like, holy shit, there's a huge world of activity happening in here. You could just get involved. In. Completely. You know? That kind or of don't. shit's easy to say. It's though. exhausting. Like, imagine you bought your first cards, you were rocked up. You were like, I just a learner. Everyone's like, oh, for fuck's sake, come in. And then you're <laughs> in. You know, maybe it's not. I don't know. I like it. I'm going to try. I'm going to buy a pack. Thank you, Jen. That is I brilliant. 
was it? I'm so glad that um, that those twins <laughs> behind were turncoats and then caught anyway. Do you know? I know. Poor Sean. Love it. Nice guy. Anyway, that's my story, Cassie. Thank you. Right, Give us your I mini. have the story of a uh, of a man called Franz Reichelt, who was an Austrian-born French tailor <laughs> who moved to France in 1898 and set up a little tailor shop where he had a lot of success dressmaking in Paris very fashionable but shortly after opening his shop Franz became obsessed with developing a wearable parachute that could be worn as a suit by aviators and deployed at a moment's notice okay so safety and style you don't need to look crap when you're wearing is that his kind of thing Yes, but I will show you the images of his parachute suit afterwards and I would think it's neither safe nor fashionable. But I wasn't <laughs> in Paris in the early ni- in 1900, so I don't know. What do we know? Um, what do we know, right? So the working principle of the basic parachute had been worked out by inventors hundreds of years before. Um, like the earliest sketches of a rigid frame parachute were actually found in Leonardo da Vinci's notebooks. Mm. And it was um, it was a, a tent made of linen of which the openings had been stopped up and um, it was about 23 feet in, across in depth and it meant that a man could throw himself from any great height without suffering injury. It's all about the folding it up though, isn't it? Oh, yes. the actual work of it. Another Linen inventor is just be a nightmare the slightest waft of wind and you'd have to start afresh like origami yeah. from hell. <laughs> so um, another inventor, Fausto Fernanzi, in 1551, had imp- he was born in 1551. He'd improved on da Vinci's design by replacing the canopy with a sail like piece of cloth. Hmm. Um, and though many sources claim the Varanzis tested the parachute by jumping from St. Martha's Martin's Cathedral in Bratislava it's likely that that actually never happened huh. um, so I mean, it wasn't until the age of to test it so it had never really been tested right so it wasn't until the 18th, late 18th century when a Frenchman named Louis Sebastian Lenomard made the first successful parachute jump he coined the word parachute from the Italian pa- meaning um, para meaning against and the French word shoot for fall. And I thought it came from prosciutto because the original parachutes were made from prosciutto as everyone knows. <laughs> Absolutely Look, delicious. This is this is just one source. You might be right. Um why the fuck would anyone need to test it when you could just fill a load of bags to the weight of a body and fuck it off the top of a building? No body. Well that's it. Needs you could do, you it. do it with dummies. You don't need to jump off cathedrals. Um so with the dawn of aviation and the tragic accidents that were resulting from aerial misadventures, the need for a working parachute became paramount. Um, <laughs> Guys, it was we're Charles, really making a ball of this flying for thing. a non-working parachute. But like before it was just like recreational jumping off things, whereas now people were in airplanes and they were falling to their deaths. So right. they're like a parachute, a para against a chute fall we've got to knit this prosciutto into something large yeah, we're gonna need a lot of great idea here right we're... so 
There was another inventor, Charles Broadwick, who designed the first foldable parachute that could be worn on the back and then released with the help of a static line attached to the balloon or airplane. In a successful demonstration in 1911, Broadwick threw a dummy from the top of the Eiffel Tower. Now we're sucking diesel. The static line became taut, pulled the parachute from the pack worn by the dummy, and then the line snapped. So back to France. He was still obsessed with this idea of not just a working parachute, but one that could be fashionably worn as a suit. I mean, really, it's not it's not necessary. No, and in his early designs, he was using six square meters of cloth, which weighed an impractical 70 kilos. (laughs) (laughs) So you're walking around. 70 kilos is like. With a moderate sized person. Yeah, on your back. It's not going to be comfortable or practical or recreational or Or going to get you anywhere. Or stylish. Or fashionable. (laughs) So every experiment he conducted with dummies from the courtyard in his building failed. But nevertheless, he persisted and managed to reduce the weight of the suit to under 25 kilos whilst doubling the surface area of the material used. Very impressive. Yeah. But his tests were still unsuccessful and his dummies and variable fell heavily to earth. He himself broke his leg when he attempted to jump. But despite his repeated failures, he refused to see any flaw in his design. On the contrary, he was convinced that if he could, could increase the drop distance, his parachute oh, would be a success. Lads, it would the give thing the flaps. is, I need to be higher is the problem. Yeah, he needed to give it more time to unfurl. Ravel. Okay, yes, with yeah. you. So France began petitioning to French authorities for permission to conduct experiments from the Eiffel Tower. But each time he was told, absolutely not. After a year of trying, he was eventually granted permission to do so under the condition that he had to perform the test with a dummy. Franz agreed that was never his plan. (gasps) On the test day, the 4th of February 1912, Franz arrived at the Eiffel Tower dressed in his parachute suit and was, according to the press, only a little bit more voluminous than ordinary clothing. Now, I have seen a photo and it is not just a little bit more voluminous than ordinary clothing. Can't wait to see it. The suit did not restrict the wearer's movements when the parachute was packed and deployed. The parachute was as simple as extending the arms out to form a cross of the body. Once extended, the outfit resembled a sort of cloak fitted with a vast hood of silk. According to the newspaper, <laughs> Le Temps. It sounds divine. So, I mean, really. France, France informed the assembled journalists that the surface area of the final design was 30 square meters. A vast improvement from his early designs, and he claimed that it weighed as little as nine kilos. So a massive crowd gathered oh around dear. the base of the Eiffel Tower to see what they arrived for. I mean, you couldn't take your eyes dropped. off it, really. Yeah. But Franz presented himself wearing the suit, and it was became clear that he himself intended to jump off. The Eiffel Tower. What are you going to do? You live by the sword, you die by the sword, friends. Are you going to keep watching? Is my question to you. Yeah, so there was loads of police and people around and nobody tried to stop them. They were like, ah, well, he's here now. He's suited and booted. Let (sighs) him jump from the Eiffel Tower. So they... um, They reasoned that Franz would have ample opportunities to prove his invention. But... um, when asked whether he intended to use safety ropes, Franz replied, I want to try the experiment myself without trickery as I intend to prove the worth of my invention. Mm. So for those who are like pressing technical questions like the drop, so he was planning to jump from the, the lower 
the lowest level, the first level of the Eiffel Tower, which is still is that that kind of arch bit? Yeah, still quite a significant drop. Um, the tower's first set is fifty-seven meters high, uh, and he was like, "No, it's plenty of space. This is what I need. This is like." He's I'm a really. I presume he chose the Eiffel Tower as a marketing stunt. Like there was places as high. Kind of, but also, yeah, probably. But like, there's loads of, depending which way he jumped. There's o- open space. Do you I know, see. like a building, they might be too close together. He could run and jump off the thing, right? So he stood on the ledge and then he ran and he jumped off. The parachute barely fucking opened. Oh, <laughs> dropped that little like hood. <laughs> yeah. He dropped like a brick oh, to dear. the ground below and said he was dead before onlookers even were able to make it to his body. It was all uh, this quote, bones and canvas. Oh, oh dear. No. Yeah. Do we have a picky? Of, we, of the bones and canvas, I do have a picky of the suit. Yes, please um, share. But yeah, it, it, it was it was said that he had become obsessed with doing the jump himself when he had learned that a U.S. steeplejack, Frederick Law, had successfully parachuted 223 feet from the New York Statue of Liberty using a conventional committee just just two days before Franz jumped off the Eiffel Tower. France, 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 France. This is fantastic. This is just one story I came across. Um, Amelia sent me on a list of people killed by their own inventions oh, and it was a brilliant absolutely a can't wait for creep. more of them let me give you um an image of Prenz's suit is this when he was wearing it we're just waiting are you gonna screen share will i screen share let me, how do i do this or are um, you whatsapping it to us there we go oh here we go oh well i oh. mean it's not it is a real statement. It's not fashionable. It's not no, fashion. No, 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 no. It is, it is. This it is, is definitely fashion. like it's fashion from Vivian over. Westwood's Autumn Winter Collection 1987. Yeah, what we're saying is it is Fully. fashion. It's not a parachute. <laughs> not Man, a parachute. He looks very delighted with himself. What we're looking at is a gentleman in what looks like a straight jacket and a large, a pair of black curtains kind of gathering around his waist and the large hood section i mean how do you look like it looks like someone trying to fold a a fitted double Double duvet that's true i was gonna say this is most definitely what lawrence llewellyn bowen is going to wear this summer getting his vows renewed (laughs) definitely like look at that sleeve there is so much sleeve going on it's a billowing nightmare So there you have it. Thank you, Cassie. Poor old Franz. I already know that Franz now will be featured on another tote. I think this is, I think we've just witnessed the birth of another tote. Oh my God, that's what that was. Franz falling. No, maybe that's, sure they all die in the end. We all die. We all die. Some of them can do the matter with the conviction that our parachute is going to work. Yeah. You know, from the first level like but 56 kind of... meters 57 meters like it's significant it is and he's all tangled up in this fucking canvas it's possible that he just choked himself oh god it's true 
you know what's horrendous? The thought that immediately you'd be like, fuck this. I have fucked this up now <laughs> entirely. <laughs> immediately you would know. And then it's just yeah, the fall. You would be I should have tried this before there was a crowd of traumatized children. <laughs> I wish I had just practiced this somewhat more. But you know, you gotta love the man for trying. It's a classic case of a white man takes something to market too soon. <laughs> this is, yeah, it's like brilliant. we work. It's very much too soon. Yeah. Just a shade just, too soon. You don't Thank need you. to prove the concept just take it to market um that was so amazing r.i.p france that was R.I.P. amazing france, thank you kindly another tumultuous episode of the creep dive should you wish to listen to more and you're not a patron yet you know where to go i can't describe to you the wealth of excitement waiting for you beyond the patron gateway can i say hi to a patron that i met out in the world this week yeah. Oh, one. Hello, Faye. Um, it is so I, Faye. the creepy woman who creeped on you because you had your creep dive tote bag and nice. it was very exciting. Real. Is it possible that she'd borrowed that tote bag from somebody and That'd be awkward. didn't know who you were? Um, how dare you? She played along um, very, very well, went very smoothly if she was lying. I'm Fair impressed balls, with her yeah. acting skills. Good to see. Well, Thank you, done. Faye, for getting yourself a tote and listening to us. Uh, and thank <laughs> you, other listener, for listening. Um, it's been brilliant, as always. And I can't wait for Thursday. See you there if you're a patron. If not, you snoozed and you loosed. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.